time for another edition of Why Are You Awake? If you are listening to this podcast, go over to my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy so you could watch the fun. This week we have comedian Blake Burkhart. Fun episode, funny guy, don't want to miss it. Check out my website for upcoming dates, paulfcomedy.com. You can come see me in your cities and states and suburbs, wherever I am. Uh, and also, don't forget to check out our sponsor. Hey, gang. As some of you know, I used to be a practicing lawyer in Chicago. I no longer practice, but from time to time, I need a lawyer. And when I need a lawyer, I call my friend Scott Shapiro. Scott Shapiro has been practicing law for over 25 years in Chicago. He does it all from workers' compensation to personal injury, employment issues, and even entertainment law and contract needs. If you need a lawyer, call my friend Scott. 312-648-8800. That's 312-648-8800. Or you can email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you. Welcome to another edition of Why Are You Awake? If you're listening to this podcast, go over to watch it on YouTube. This is the podcast where we talk to people who are up late at night, night owls, or people who just work late or just can't sleep. This week we have a perennial night owl, a favorite comedian in the scene of Chicago, Illinois, 60606, comedian Blake Burkhart. Yeah, I'm doing that podcast I told you about. I'm going to call you back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, is that your agent? Yeah, that was my agent. What's what's your agent's name, Blake? Um, let's start the show. <laughs> <laughs> Blake Burkhard, welcome to uh, the podcast. Why it, are you single? It's great to be here. <laughs> Wait, this is this is a dating one, is it? <laughs> what, what if this is all just a ploy? They'd be like, so so. Why are you single? No. Um, Blake, you've you've done this singles only podcast. Uh, I think you had the record for the most times, at least top. Really? There. At least three times you did it. I'm I think. Thinking. Yeah, probably three. Oh, yeah. Who knows? We've known each other forever. So, yeah. Yes, you started. Uh, you're in the class below me, as they say in the in the biz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I they, I've told this story multiple times, but the first time I saw you, I thought. That was your bit. You were you were in Halloween costume as Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is. You saw me do a lot of weird stuff because you, yeah, that was probably my first or second year yeah. of comedy, just trying everything, and that's probably when you and I first didn't weren't even friends yet. We just knew each no. other, and I had no idea what <laughs> what I was doing or what was funny. So you saw me in a very experimental. You were trying period. a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I used to, I dressed as Jeff Foxworthy for Halloween like three years in a row. And then the three. It wasn't years. Halloween when I saw you do it, though. It wasn't. No, I think you were just doing. Oh. <laughs> you were like, "Fuck I, it, I'm going to keep doing it." Yeah, I think. Yeah, I just brought them out every once in a while. How did that work out for you? Uh, people liked it at the time, and then uh, after a while, I was like, "I think I should just start writing jokes myself." When did instead you of making fun of Jeff Foxworth, <laughs> who I admire very much? How long did it take you to to stop doing the Jeff Foxworthy? And were you like, "All right, it's not working anymore." Um, I also was a part of a lot of like sketch groups and like um, things like that. So I would do character stuff at like I.O., a a little bit at uh, Second City, and I would just be part of people's shows in character. So I would 
do that on and off and then i just love stand up so much that i just kind of let all the characters die off <laughs> like liter- i would literally kill them off <laughs> on stage yeah usually they would just tell everyone they were going to go home and kill themselves <laughs> and then i would never do the character again so everyone just assumed that the character died did you kill Sorry off- if that's too grim but did you just kill off jeff fox yeah he killed himself <laughs> really my my version your version i think yeah i think i had him uh I don't know. This is a trigger warning, <laughs> but yeah. The name of the po- the name of the show you did it at was a trigger warning. Yeah. Okay. Um, my uh, my version of Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy um killed himself. <laughs> you did uh, you did the show, you did the show that I saw you do it at was an open mic slash show, at some small bar up north, and I and I, and I don't remember what it was called, but it was a one word name, and they had it was in the the stand up was in the front. And there was like a bar that was like one of those long bars. It was modern. I don't know. But you were a regular at that place. I forgot who ran it. Yeah. Do you ever wish you kept like a journal of all this stuff? Because like you and I have probably performed <laughs> separately in like no exaggeration, maybe a hundred different places Easily, together. Yeah. And then separately, that's like 200. And I, I just have no, I can't recall the more names than of the shows. How right. long have you been doing it for? 12 years? 10 years? I mean, just in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. It really is that many. That's wild and if you average even if you average i mean what if you count open mics yeah Yeah. i have all the sign-up sheets for merc or for merkel's two and a half persons oh yeah that was but i have all of those at least brand brand new at the i probably you you did it oh yeah okay i used to do merkel's towards the end i think you showed up yeah i i did it and um with dane arden and uh steve castillo or steven uh stephen king Stephen King, as we know him now, Stephen Castillo. Yeah. Um, that was your class, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You, I have all the I have all the sign-in sheets, and I think during COVID I organized them, and there were like names on there that are like huge now. I'm like, holy right. shit, I forgot that he or she did that. Yeah, yeah. I my class, uh, a lot of them have gone on to do some really great stuff. Same Big, here. A lot of writers, and um, yeah, proud of everybody. Same here. And we're still here in Chicago doing a podcast for free. <laughs> right. Do you get asked a lot while you stay in Chicago? Yeah, all the time. Like, why same. didn't you leave? Yeah, same. And it's just... Uh, why didn't you leave? I love it so much here. And I, I'm, I, you and I both tour a lot. Yeah. And I think I'm getting into the point where I'm touring more often than not. Like, I, I see what you do and kind of want to do that. No, you don't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to the degree of, like, I definitely I want to travel more. Yeah, I have a lot of opportunities I sort of turned down because I just I love it here so much. I stay busy. We're yeah. both regulars at the best clubs here. We have three so. clubs, actually more than three clubs in uh, so many different rooms. And uh, it's hard to you get spoiled going up, being able to go up as often as you do here. Yeah. And I like seeing I like the scene right now. I like seeing um, how people have progressed that I I thought have always been good and new people that I thought were going to be good are now showing that they are. It's like. Yeah, it's a weird. It's like uh, transferring schools or something. Like if I <laughs> suddenly went to New to York, transfer. I'd be like, I love this the group of yeah, yeah. I love hard. the group of it, and I think I'd, I'm finding a lot of success in Chicago as you are too. Where it's just like I don't, I it would seem like a bad move to move for me. I think that at least for me, it's like I've worn out my welcome here. Like I feel what? the way sometimes too, but I'm also just like anyone thinking that is like go fuck yourself. <laughs> like if the audiences and the club owners still like me, I, but that's the thing. Like it's funny because I was touring so much in the last two years. I'm like I want to. I just don't want to tour for a couple of weeks. I'm like mm. I'll just call the places and see if I can get up. And I was like I was getting callbacks. I'm like 
what, do you know who I was? <laughs> like, like I was like, holy shit! It's like hard to get even my home clubs. I was like, well, I can't, I can't get up even for like one day. Yeah. So I feel like there is a point they're like pushing you out of the nest. Like, all right, get the fuck out of this town. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends how you look at it. And I'm sure there's people that are newer than me or newer than you that are just like, well, if this guy moves, I can get all the spots he's getting. But it's like, on my dead body, motherfucker, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> well, I was I was set to go. Uh, I found a place in L.A. in uh, 2020. I was going to go for two months and stay in Burbank. And I, pa- I got past it. I was like, I wasn't going to go to L.A. until I had three clubs that I was past it. I was like, I'm not going there cold. I wanted to, and I auditioned, got past it at three clubs and I was like, all right, I'm going to go. And then fucking COVID. I was like, yeah. I thought it was only going to be two weeks. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'll, I'll still move there in May. And they're all like, you're not coming here in May. I'm like, what? May of 2020. I was like, well, no, I'll just, I'll be just go for a month. This is going to be done by then. They're like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have. yeah. So then, um, I went back to LA for the first time to just be like, well, maybe I, maybe it's, I could still get in. All new gatekeepers at all the clubs there. Some of the clubs just opened up for the first time. Ice House just opened up again like recently, six months ago. Really? And then uh, all new bookers. And I'm just like, hey, does this email still apply where <laughs> they send you your fails? Oh, and they're like, they're like wouldn't that be great if, <laughs> if you're grandfathered in through previous <laughs> bookers? That's, I've been dealing with that since I started is the someone yeah. who lets you in. It, the next week, it might be totally so different. Now. you got to roll with the punches. That's why people that kind of let themselves get stale in comedy, it's like, I'll never understand. It's like, I want to be writing new things and performing as much as I can because you never know. Like, yeah. our friends at, like, say, Laugh Factory Chicago, could everything could change. And new manager might not 100%. like me as much as the current ones do. So I can need to re- reprove myself. Yeah, and then that's what I did, too, where uh, during COVID, there were new gatekeepers that came in, and I wasn't getting spots at one place that I used to always get, I was like, all right, well, I got to create my own opportunities. And all the places that used to hit me up from my music context to say, hey, do you want to do comedy? I was like, I always said, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fucking I'm busy enough. I don't need you guys. I was like, hey, let's, yeah, let's do those shows. Yeah. And then you, we started booking these shows at Hey Nani and Arlington Heights and uh, oh, yeah. Park. Great and show. All those shows. And they were doing so well. I was like, fuck it. At least when I'm in town, I know I can at least go to perform at the places that I booked. So sure. So create your own opportunities. That's it. Yeah, it's just like anything else. All right, let's take some calls. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting one right now. <laughs> Should I do like same guy. Yeah. Do it again. No, I miss these things so much. The phones. Oh yeah, that's the cover of my uh, Better Call Paul thing here. It's oh like, yeah. Oh no, it's that one. The other, the silver one. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no worries. It just feels good in your hand, and that's all. You, it used to be my whole life would be right here. A lot of people. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people have one of those now, so they don't distract themselves from everything. See, I should. Do Did that. you hear about that? A lot of people I, are I doing know, that. I know at least one comic in Chicago that does that. It's such a good move, but it's also scary as shit. It also feels um, like a hipster. Pretentious. Yeah. But I believe the people that have told me they do it. But if I got it, I would feel like such a phony. <laughs> and then I would also be like, I really wish I could check Instagram right now. If <laughs> you do it, it looks okay. But I'm of the age where people are like, oh, yeah, he, he really does. <laughs> he doesn't have a phone. <laughs> Things are not working out for that former lawyer. My dad, unironically, had a flip phone until, God, April of last year. And on his birthday, we finally got him an iPhone. And it's just... He he loves it, but it's taken him so long to adjust. Yeah. 
because he's like the last holdout to actually to switch over. Yeah, and yeah. he wasn't doing it for any. My dad isn't having a ironic or <laughs> hipster. I met your dad. Body. Yeah, you he, met my dad. Yeah, he we he came to one of our shows. He's a, as old school as it gets. He sent like maybe three emails his entire life, and I had to show him <laughs> how to do it. He just uh, works with his hands and doesn't like technology. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. So let's talk about uh, your tendencies at night. You are a night owl. <laughs> I know that you are. Yeah, I am. For better or worse. Um, and yeah, in the time you've known me, 100%. Because comedy steered me in that direction. and You weren't that before? Not, no, not nearly as much. And I was, before I did comedy, I was very young. I was in my you know, early 20s, mid-20s. Uh-huh. And so college, I guess I was a night owl to the degree everyone is in college a bit, but I also was like a good student and I like took school pretty seriously, got a job right out of college. What'd you do out of college? Um, I, I immediately, I started working at a wine shop, but I got promoted to be the, kind of the manager of the wine shop. I was kind of the only employee of the owners, but it was a successful little place in Wilmette. And I was kind of, they were trying to groom me to be the next like full on manager. Can't of the store. groom here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not that kind. <laughs> this is a safe space. The the third definition of the word groom. What's the second? The dog. Uh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't brushing my hair, and they were. But you uh, had hair back then. Getting right. me ready for molestation. <laughs> <laughs> they were training me to be the manager of a wine bar, which is the third definition. There was some grooming though. <laughs> <laughs> They did. No overlap of grooming. They put just a little third. red bow on me after they cleaned me. <laughs> it was that guy. <laughs> Told me I was a good boy a lot. <laughs> so you were you were selling wine out of college. Yeah, that was just for probably about like six months. What was your months. major? What did you do? Where did you go to college? You I went was, to Columbia or something? I graduated from Columbia. Before that, I went to Southern Illinois University. And major shift where I was um, a psychology major. And I was like getting straight A's. What? SIU is not like a hard yeah. school, but it is a, has a very good psychology program. My teachers were great. And um, I started taking film classes. And then so I went in to take more film classes. I thought about like changing my major at Southern, which would have been stupid. So I just transferred to Columbia College so I could be back in Chicago with yeah. my family. And I did my last two years of college there. I did mostly um, videography work. And then I, after that, I did videography work um, for Chicago Public Library a little bit. I was like doing good in film, but then I got the wine gig. I love that. So I kind of balanced the two. And then um, I got into sales and I started making a lot of money. I got myself out of debt. Hell yeah. And um, I had to be up at eight in the morning every day. All the, all the stuff you learn videographizing, videography <laughs> yeah. is all absolute obsolete now right it is just because of the technology but i love working um on anything film related and i did the thing that people forget about film school is writing for me was the biggest part of film school is i wrote a lot of scripts Mm -hmm. so i feel like i have that as like a second gear skill now where i did a lot of sketch writing early that we were talking about before and i that's what i starting to steer back into now is writing sketches for myself or for other people 
and I am grateful for everything I learned um, in college for that. Well, we have one of them today. Let's let's put up the one that you uh, <laughs> did. You the boy who was groomed <laughs> by Blake. <Blakeberg. laughs> did you uh, were were you trying to do scripts for like TV or something, or what? Were you, um, what scripts did you want to do? I wanted to write like feature length films, and then um, I did. I wrote a few screenplays. What and, was uh, it, what was it, what were what were they about? I can't even get into that. I in the most recent one I wrote was with uh, my friend Steve uh, Gerard, Steve Malden, now in New York. He goes by Steve Malden. <laughs> but hilarious comedian. We wrote a, a script about a guy who plays pool and is looking for his uh, father who abandoned him, which is, was just, just a goofy, the color like, of money comedy. with uh, Tom Cruise? Um, see, that's about pool, but <laughs> very I thought Paul script. Newman was his dad or something in that. They were hustlers. No. There's no gambling in yours? Is it his dad? I don't think so. It's not really about pools. Basically, whatever. It's about a guy and his, uh, doesn't know where his dad is and plays a lot of pool and um, tries to start his own business, and he's like an idiot. It was like a dark comedy. Okay. Um, but in college, I wrote one about a, a kid who was obsessed with Light FM, and the Light FM station in his town was shutting down, and he tries to save it. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my favorite one. It's called Let There Be Light. L-I-T-E? Yeah, L-I-T-E. Is it is is the light TV or light radio station in your uh, screenplay when they have uh, do they also have Christmas music for for the the month of December? I think that's light FM. I here. don't even remember Paul. <laughs> like ten years God ago, I wrote damn this. Damn it, thing. dude! But um, no, I writing is my one of my favorite things. Where do you when do you write? Um, I don't sit down and write jokes. I like to do that kind of like on the fly. I write on stage, as people say, yeah, where you just kind of that too. Yeah, and edit it, record it, edit it. Um, no, I like writing scripts with friends and like writing sketches with friends. I've been in and out of it for since I started stand up, really. But um, there's a couple of people I'm going to be working with a lot in uh, 2024. So, what are you are you doing that late at night, or what are you doing late at night? Are you doing anything productive or just <laughs> bad <No>. shit? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I do well. You and I both do shows almost every night. Yeah, of our but lives. we when we finish our shows, we do two very different things. Really? What do you do? I'm very. I come home, I eat, and then I I work. You I eat work. after the shows? I have to eat right after a show. I don't eat dinner before. So that's I go like on stage. ten o'clock. Yeah, I eat late, but okay. I'm also up till three, four in the morning. How late do you stay up before you go to sleep? Three to four in the morning. Whoa! Yeah, dude. Well, how late do you? What's what's late night to you? But 12, you're 15? not. You're just home until four in the morning. Well, sometimes I'm out, but I'm not. Um, when I'm on the road, I have different things that I do. But I I also don't like drink. Most of the nights I'm not drinking anymore. So it's like I come oh, up with different wow. things to do. Yeah, that is very different. Because yeah. if I'm not drinking, <laughs> I wouldn't be up until four in the See morning. See that you're like a you're a night owl with an asterisk. That's what I call it. like Jonah Jorgens oh, yeah. is the same thing. Where if, if I'm taking the night off of drinking or going out playing pool with my friends or whatever after shows, you're passed out at eight p.m. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll get finish the show, go home, and go straight to bed. I love sleeping. The older I get, the more I love sleeping. What time do you wake up? Typical day depends See, on because of so I work. Um, I do a lot of freelance things, so I kind Working of freelance, at bars, right? What's up? You work at bars late at night. I work at bars late at night. I do some general contracting work in the day. Yep. I sort of make my own hours for most of the things I do in the daytime, which is nice. So I don't have a job. I'm not in sales anymore. I don't have to be in an office by eight or nine sure. or anytime. I just do specific jobs for people, whatever. So, but you, if you don't have to wake up for work, what time is your general get up time? I don't like to sleep in past noon. I feel like, okay. I feel like a waste. Yeah, same. Um, I think that if I had, like, tomorrow I don't have to work, 
So after we're done podcasting, I might go check out a late show, uh, have some drinks, shoot some pool. It's not, you know, it's a cheat day, <laughs> I guess. And then um, I don't know what time I will go to bed, but I'll probably wake up around 11 a.m. tomorrow. If you're, if you're going out, let me ask you this. If you're going out and you're drinking, you're shooting pool, the bar closes at 2, that's where you make the decision, I'm going to go to a late night bar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's when I make that decision every night. Yes. <laughs> so on the nights that let's start with the nights that you decide to go home, you're like, ah, I'm not going to go late night for whatever reason. I think decide. I laughed at the word decision because, because it's like a foregone conclusion. You're always going. <laughs> no, but it, 75% or more of the time you're still going, you're staying out. I think if I'm already out and I don't have something to get up for, it's like, yeah. And it's not even like the drinking is a small part of that. It's right. more just like, I love, Bullshitting with like, <laughs> it's I'm talking hard drugs, baby. Hard drugs and ladies. <laughs> well, to share. <laughs> no, but it's really like, and this might sound like I'm romanticizing it, but being a comedian is the most fun parts about it are not necessarily performing. That's it's a hang. Performing is a thrill. But yeah, all my best friends are comics. If I'm on a show or we're all on a show or whatever, we all meet after a show. It's like that's the best part of my day right. is hanging out with my buddies at a bar so i'm going to tell you a story about and we'll get back to the late night thing but the day that i quit practicing law or i'm sorry the way that i quit my law firm which was uh i was a partner at a firm i finally had the conversation with my partner I'm like hey i'm trying to cut down we decided to part ways it was a wednesday and i remember that i went to community chanel and it was like uh Usually before that, before I was practicing law, I'd have to, if I did a show, I'm like, all right, I got to go to court in the morning. I couldn't hang out. And I remember that night, um, I'm like, oh shit, like I'm free. So I wasn't on the show. I got to just go to community, you know, which I never could do before. Right. And Danny was like, Danny Callis was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm just hanging. And he's yeah. like, whoa. And I remember you guys were all there. I was like, holy shit. Like, I Oh, can... this is in my time there? Uh, you weren't you weren't a uh, producer yet, but you were there. Okay. Jonah was, everyone was there. Avi was there. All these people were I'm like, oh, wow, this is like what happens right. when I used to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so, I was like, oh, I felt like the, it was like, oh, I'm missing out on so much of the fun. And then two years later, I stopped drinking off and I was like, fuck, now I'm sure. back in the thing. But. I still get to hang out. Sure. It is wildly fun. And I'll say this, and it, um, I don't think this applies to every comedian, but I think I drink less because of how entertaining our friends are. 100%. Because if I, yeah, I, and no knock on my non-comedy friends from my past, but like, <laughs> I feel like we were at the bar to drink. And now I work at bars. I, I do stand up every night. There are nights where I don't drink at all. And there are nights where I have like one or two drinks and for no real reason, just to, just to have one. I don't think you ever don't drink at all. Come on, between I don't us drink. girls, I've I've never seen you not drink. I don't drink plenty of times. Come on, I swear. A at a show, at a show, yeah, I'll just drink water tonight. Uh, well, I'm drinking with you. But, <laughs> well, uh, this doesn't count. It's a bourbon. No, I drink a lot of really? times. I'll specifically drink water. Yeah, I've never I've never seen you not drink. It's at um. At laugh, I think the places we're at together are the ones that are like <laughs> I'm friends with the bartender and like I'm gonna have like f- a few ha- drinks here. Fair. Uh, no, and I think in the last like few years we're not uh, on the same shows as often. I've taken it more seriously. Where it's just like if I'm gonna drink, I'll drink. But if I'm yeah. not going to, I'm gonna get there, order water, 
have a few waters, tip the bartender, and go home. When you get older, like the decisions are made for you by your body. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck. like my doctor is like, you got to slow down. Yeah. But um, okay, so let's go back to the nights where you make the decision to stay out. Yeah. For me, when I was drinking all the time, I was um, I never wanted to go home. I was always going to late night bars. I was like, because I it was a fear of missing out. I'm like, I wanna, I wanna stay out. And this is before I did comedy. I I wanted to just stay out and just because I, I I didn't want to go home. Is that what you're doing or you're just because you're like your body is just inherently I'm going to stay out until I can't anymore? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think it's I'm not <laughs> not like pushing the limits. of. No, I but, mean, like, are you is it like you is it a fear of missing some fun? Like, FOMO is it? Yeah. FOMO is <laughs> the kids call it. Um, I don't even know if that's it for me. I think it's just like I think it's just I may as well. You know what I mean? Sure. And also the the times that I've had uh, been in a relationship, I drink a lot less because I like. What's the point of like staying up, getting drunk? I'm gonna I make you somebody gotta go mad. plow later. It's your joke <laughs> says. Yeah, I might have to plow later. You know, but you gotta perform. But it's more like even, whether I'm with the girl or not physically with them that night. I, just out of respect, it's like I should go home for my girlfriend's sake. She'll be happier mm-hmm. if I'm home. Send her a good night text and um, have a glass of water. Call it a night. Yeah. But if I'm single and I'm only kind of accounting for my own actions and <laughs> no one to really answer to, it's like I, a lot of times I'll be out and I literally, this is what crosses my mind, Paul, I'll just be like, I may as well. Stay like, out. I may, yeah, what else like, am I going to do? Yeah, I could go home, but I don't have to get up in the morning. I might. Sure. It's not fear of missing out. It's just like I I want to experience life. Yeah. Play two more games of pool. Talk to my I'm friends with so many bartenders at the places I go to. It's um, yeah. It's just I I like being out and having conversations more than I like drinking. If that makes sense. Sure. So well, it's it's yeah. a lo- going back to what you said. A lot of the times, especially when I'm on the road working with like comedians, like for me and you're a big comedy fan too, like me, we're fans of the art and of comedy. I love hanging out with these established comics. Sometimes we'll go like I'm going to be in Vegas. We'll go out with the other headliners and we'll all go meet up. And I just, I'm just like a fly in the wall. Yeah. I'm just listening and laughing my ass off at right. these guys talk about things that happened like 10, 15 years ago. Right? <laughs> right. And then you just, you're not even drinking. You're just listening, you know? Yeah. It's so entertaining. Oh, yeah. But um, that's what I tell a lot of these people. And then, not to, like you said it best, like not to shit on friends who aren't comedians, but it's hard to go back to reality where. You, my best friends who are not comedians, I'm like, oh, so I love hanging out with them. But all we talk about is like the pat, like the things that we did too, yeah. which is funny, but it's not as. I think that's human nature to kind of just come up with the funniest thing you or the yeah. most interesting backstory you can. And I will say the the it's just I've lost touch with so many people because we're we're so yeah. busy, and we're we meet more people than the average person like times ten times twenty you different know what I mean? people. Yeah. And I think that I, well, for me, it's working at a bar and also, um, and I've always worked at bars and comedy. It's like those two things combined. It's just like, well, like I can't always keep names straight, but it doesn't really seem to matter. Cause I'll, right. I know a guy, I know people just by how they look that I, I consider my friends sort of, and I have no idea what their <laughs> first name is. Hey buddy. <laughs> yeah. But that's just how it is. You, you're meeting thousands of people. You can't keep them straight. But I think my point is, um, the friends that I have kept that aren't comics are like great hangs and sure. like very funny guys. On their own. Same they just with don't me. Perform. Yeah. But they miss like 
sometimes I'll have a friend come in town or like I have a friend who will come with me and I'm, I'm opening for someone big or something like that. And he gets to come backstage and hang in. And he's just like, my friend's like, holy shit. Like we're hanging out with these guys that we used to grow up watching. And like, I remember I took my friend, I was opening for, uh, for Adam Carolla and he was like, ah, this, this is your life. I'm like, yeah, sometimes I get to like, yeah. just hang out here. <laughs> we're talking to Adam Carolla about like racing cars and stuff. And we had, we both had the same car when we were kids. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And my friend's like, you're like, famous i'm like no he doesn't know my name <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right before he goes on stage he's like what's your name again i'm gonna say thank you <laughs> yeah. I, what you, I can't do yeah. it bro. well or but like i mean that's just one of the people but like this shit happens all the time and then you're like then you go back to reality you're like oh you know like you said he's like he's my friend but he doesn't know my name right or he's not my friend, but that's a bad example. <laughs> I could get canceled. Didn't he just get canceled? I don't know. Corolla? Yeah. I don't know. It's everybody these days. Um so but that but you said something about we have a different it's hard to stay friends with those people that we grew up with because they have nine to fives. So well at least my friends are very successful, you know, uh they they wake up at like times sometimes when I'm going to bed. Yeah, I've always been in like small friend groups, so I think I'm somewhat in touch with everyone that, yeah. I've, that I once considered like a great friend. But the ones that I really kind of meet up and hang out with and I'm able to see are like 90% of them are comedians yeah. for sure. And the rest are people I've just met from kind of mingling around Chicago. And then my old old timey best buddies from high school. Are your friends still? Are you still friends with your one, high school? I have two uh, close friends that I talked to from high school all the time, and and a third who's also a comedian was Bill Gavertz. Oh yeah, so that, oh, yeah, you guys grew up together. Right? I don't know if he counts as a comedian or <laughs> high school friend at this point. <laughs> I <laughs> like Bill. Bill's a great guy, hilarious comedian too. You guys went to high school together? Yeah, that's funny. Same year and everything. Yeah, I, we played little league baseball together. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's a couple others from high school I talked to, a couple from college, but they, no one lives in Chicago anymore. Yeah. And then, like, old work, I have an old, like, work best buddy. Do you think that, um, do you feel like you miss out on anything because of this life of being up late, whether it's working at bars or um, doing comedy? Yeah. <laughs> what do you feel like you're missing out on the most? Um, it's... It's a great question because it is missing out technically. Like I would have a wife and kids right. now if I didn't do stand up. But that's missing out is just I think if I was in a different line of work where I I probably would have married one of my ex girlfriends. Yeah. And it it with all love to all of you, if any of you are watching, which I hope you're not. <laughs> or listening, yeah. Or listening. Um the none of those women were right for me yeah. in if we want to get into like soul like we weren't oh. soulmates well i'm sure they they're happy they uh <laughs> you guys made a yeah. good call <laughs> it was almost always their decision too <laughs> he's wearing a hat because he's bald <laughs> if yeah. you didn't know the, yeah i've lost my hair since the last time baby <laughs> um but no i think that yeah if i was it stayed in sales and was more focused on um you know just being successful in my day job and then not having any sort of nightlife and not pursuing ambitions or, you know, uh, dreams of mine, then I probably would have been like, I may as well get married. And then, you know, kids come with that. Settle so down. I, yeah. So I've missed out Give on that. Give up on life. Give up on ambition. 
Right, but I don't think it's like that for everybody. I think for I me, it's fucking rough. Right, for me, it would have been like that's something I've given up or missed out on, but I'm glad I missed out on it. You know what I mean? And it's no no harm in people getting married and having kids. I think that's fantastic. I know some great people with great kids and great married life. Whatever, it's, you know, not a ton, but they're they're out there. <laughs> but it wasn't right for me, so I'm, I'm glad I went this route. And it takes um, it's not bravery. It's just sort of like guts. I think it's the best way to do it. It takes guts. guts. It takes guts to pursue your ambitions. It really sure. does. Especially this one. Yeah. Comedy's a fucking comedy and music. Like I, I know people that like are trying to be like poets. Oh, that's gotta be the hardest. I is there any market for poetry at all? <laughs> What's the And I like I like poetry a lot. Like I I don't That's stupid. I think poetry I I'm not Who are you trying to impress? <laughs> I like, like it. I, I love beaches and poetry. I'll tell you this: I go to a lot of like uh, live jazz, and I go to a lot of like uh, mixed art performances because I like to get away from stand up. Sure. So I'll just go see a weird thing I know not, nothing about, and I'll have a great time. I can't tell you the names of the poets or <laughs> who have, they were citing or whatever, but it's I enjoy it. I admire it. <laughs> I have a I have a joke that I did a long time ago about the girl that I dated who was cheating on me with uh, a, a famous poet. Do you remember, I don't remember that joke, no. but like he was famous in the poet world, but in reality, like I didn't know nobody like <laughs> a famous poet is like that's alive. There's probably like seven of them, uh, unless they're like <laughs> unless they're like unique. Think about it. I mean, like I'm no. gonna get a shit on, but like the ones that I think of are the ones that spoke at the White House, but they were unique because they were like 12 years old. Like, I could oh, name like. Uh, Alive poets? No, I don't think I can name it. <laughs> I don't. That's it's a, a different. It's a, point. It's a diff, It's I not think, mainstream. And and it, I'm not saying it shouldn't be because there's people that are Nobel Peace Prize winners that right. I wouldn't be able to name either. I like poetry on like the open mic level, and I started oh, jams, mixed open like, mics. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know anything poetry about slam, it. I mean, it's a right. Thing. And I feel the same way about like uh, like jazz music. I, I uh, classical I music. I love it. I love. Cla- I, I've oh. gotten into classical music recently, and I've loved jazz music for the last like five, six years. Ugh. And there's three or four musicians in the world that I like and listen to. Jazz and, musicians, right? And the rest I just kind of find at Green Mill, or I'll oh. just see them. Right? I don't know their name. Frustrating to me. You're a musician. Doesn't it frustrate you with jazz? The, the like I. I'm not a musician. <laughs> well, you played. You played. I played bass, bass in an alt rock band ten years okay. ago. Well, I mean, as a, for me, it's frustrating because I'm like. I need to know where it's like they're going all these places. I'm like, come on, have some discipline. Really? No, I feel like the... it's mass music masturbation. I also don't like, do you like guitar solos at concerts? Or you're like, like people go crazy for drum solos. Yes and no. Like, come on, dude. It's like not my favorite thing, but one I, or two minutes tops. I, I like jazz because I like seeing the um, individual performance go in and out of the group performance. Fair. So not necessarily a drum solo, but just like it is a solo. But a, you, a jazz drum solo is not like it's like it's like subtlety. And then it comes and you, back. You see the art of it, and then it comes back. They all play together, and then the next guy gets his chance. And I love that. Did you like? Uh, were you like into jam bands too? Then did you like Fish? No. Or, see, like I loved Fish and the Dead, but then when I stopped smoking pot, I'm like, this isn't that good. That, yeah. <laughs> I would rather hear a guy go off on like his trumpet than. <laughs> Someone play electric guitar for a ten minute solo. Yeah, sure, fair enough. But I, I think I also just find that culture dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and some of my best friends, like Mike Myers, 
Oh yeah, um, I talked to him all the way time. Into it. Yeah, and and Matty Ryan is a big fish head comedian. Matty Ryan, right? Uh, Sonal also, and I was too. I was a huge really. I, I, I was a dead. I went to the last Grateful Dead concert. The band opened for him. This is like ninety five. I was in. I was in. I was in college. Really, and uh, and I was like such a fan. But then I. But back then I was smoking a lot of pot. <laughs> Yeah, but then helps. when you stop smoking money, you're like, this isn't that good. <laughs> yeah, weed makes music better. <laughs> a lot better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We all know that. Well, I don't... I, I say It that. also I, makes my comedy better, too. So I pass. smoke up <laughs> when you're in line for tickets. What... Um, wh- were you... Um, you said that comedy kind of made you a night owl, though. Do you think you could... Were you able to, like, work a night... Do you think you can ever go back to work a nine to five at this point in your life? Um, No. That's, <laughs> you'd have to go if you left comedy you probably you have the, you I have was the too, wine industry you were groomed for this industry <laughs> um i think it's not i can work the amount of hours to do a full-time job but yeah. the call nine to five is the problem there i think if you told me about I had 11 to, do, to 7 <laughs> yeah <laughs> sign me up i would do that too <laughs> but no i think uh, i'd have to really it would be hard for me to start up doing something that I didn't um, have a passion for, yeah. even if it's not my full-on passion. Like, I've I've worked in different types of sales. If I got a gig selling something that I really believed in, sure. What if you were you got a job screenwriting, making plays, and or I'm doing screenwriting, but it was a 9 to 5? Would you do it? Would you be able to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I could, but do I want to? No. And I think that the point that we're at now is, like, I want to see how far i can get in comedy how much money yeah. i can make in comedy and how much how many doors will be open for me in comedy and it sounds stupid but like when i started i said if it doesn't keep getting better i'll just stop and i've been doing it 10 years and every year way more doors start and opening you, for me so yeah. there's like i i would feel stupid stopping now it feels like it's about to be i'm coming up to what i should undoubtedly be my best year in comedy yeah. So I want to see what happens. So stopping and being like, I should really like get a nine to five job and like find a place to go and spend my days in the office. It's just like that would fuck everything up. I feel like with you, you have different skill sets where comedy, even if you don't just do stand up, you can do enough stuff on the side with your hosting and your other skill sets that you can make your own path and do something. Yeah, cool. that's been kind of the plan. But you got to do you got to you got to look for it. Right. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's been kind of juggling all the things that I might be skilled in or might have passions for and making that a complete central focus that mm-hmm. is kind of my identity or my career is making more and more sense. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting closer to it. But for now, I sort of freelance in different realms. And, and I'm so happy this way. When I had a sales job, I was genuinely unhappy. Like, I know it works for some people, but I like live in a chaotic um, lifestyle that makes sense to me, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't to other people. And I thank God I make enough money where I'm not struggling. I'm right. fine, but it, in a very unorthodox fashion, which is the road that I the, the the road that I chose for myself. You know. Yeah, but you also you say yes to stuff, and that leads to I think that's the key to this thing that we do. It's like for me, I'm. I need a manager because I say yes too much. And then I'm like, fuck, why did I agree to this shitty gig? Right. But like sometimes it's like, 
those gigs that you think are going to suck end up being like, oh, wow, this so-and-so was there and I got an opportunity out of that or whatever. Like things pop up and you just have to know. But the thing that I don't know, and maybe you're the same way, it's like, you're like, shit, I need someone to tell me, be like, is this, should I do this? Should I do this gig? Or <laughs> should I just wait until, like I'll get a gig for like a one-nighter in Ohio on a Saturday oh, yeah. and I'm like, fuck, I'll take it. Cause I don't want to n- look for a show. But then the minute I take it, I'm like, shit, what if I get like offered a weekend to open for so-and-so then I got to cancel. Yeah. I'm at the point now where my schedule in Chicago is pretty well set between things that I, I yeah. shows I help run or help produce or produce myself or am slotted in to perform every weekend where my travel is planned out like far enough in advance where it's like, I don't always get it right, but I usually like pick the gigs that I know are worth it to go on the road. You do way more traveling than me yeah. or the average comedian. I'm trying not to. Yeah, I just we have different um, positions in comedy where you you do a lot of traveling and have figured out how to do that, and with you know the management you have and everything like that. I think I've set uh, such a hard stance in Chicago that I can jump around and do other cities, which I'm so grateful I get to do, but. It's like I'm going for something I know is a sure thing. I'm going for a certain amount of days mm-hmm. with like just the best shows lined up or just the right people I want to see. And I need to I need to stretch my boundaries to go places I don't haven't been before, yeah. which is what the coming year is going to be all about for me. That's how you get better. Yeah, I'm starting to do it already. I'm going to Aspen, Colorado. I'll be going to Seattle, which I have never been Seattle's to. Seattle's a fun town for comedy. Uh, Houston, Texas. I've never even been to Texas. Like, I ha- I got to do it probably this week of my calendar for the entire year and just I like to spread things out like physically like put the look at it yeah yeah and just be like wow that's this is gonna be a busy year what can I really fit in that I need to I'd love to go to New Orleans Mm -hmm. and then keeping all the gigs I have in Chicago not getting fired you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) what um have you uh after shows in Chicago have you ever has there been a night where you're like that was one of the great. I'm so glad that I was up for that. Do you have any crazy stories where you're like that you're allowed to tell that don't involve breaking any laws or naming names? <laughs> where you're no, like, then no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you um, can say the breaking laws. Just don't say the year. Oh man, that's a great question. I feel like it, I feel like I'm so lucky. It happens all the time. Where <laughs> I'll I'll wake up the next day and be like, God, that did that really happen? Yeah, but it, my crazy days are our past like sure. i used to be i've never been like a fighter i think it's stupid to look for like a fist fight as an adult but i would um get be close pretty often <laughs> <laughs> where it's one of my other friends getting into something or someone trying to mess with me or whatever um i'll tell you one for, very recently well this isn't a, even a fun story but it's just like shit you end up dealing with is i walked into the bar that i work at and a guy i walk in the door i'm in in haven't even clocked in or anything and a guy falls back into me like a trust fall almost like you know how you do the thing in the woods <laughs> he, he does that to me and um i catch him and then he turns around and he goes i'm so sorry man and i was like you're fine don't worry about it and i turn and i started talking to my other friend who works at the bar and the man has fallen on me again <laughs> purposely no he was just wasted oh, okay and i was supposed to work the door it was kind of like management security whatever and i'm like you have to go and he goes you work here and i go yeah i'm one minute into my shift <laughs> but yes you're the start of my night get out <laughs> so that's the, the gig now i'm trying to think of like the most like i i i at one of the places you work at 
I remember one night that I, you weren't there, but uh, I, it was like the day I made it as comedy when Danny Callis invited me to say, Hey, you coming out with us afterwards? I'm like, yeah, I'll come out with you guys. And the minute I said, yeah, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a wrong decision. <laughs> and the comics that was there, was like the great, the greats of comedy were all there. This is like five, six years ago. And I was just like, Holy shit. And there were like, it was a closed bar, but we all got to hang out there. And we, I just remember leaving that night and it was like people were, people were going to work. And it was like, I was like, God, I thought these days were past me. Because I used to do that a lot when I was younger. Yeah. You'd wake up, don't know where you are. You're you're doing the walk of shame and people are like going to going to work. And uh, and I was like, this is like, I was like, I'm too old to be doing this shit. But then I was like, <laughs> that was a fun night. And I we didn't do, I didn't, I remember sitting at that table at the bar, not getting up just being sitting there for five hours with the same whiskey in my hand and like all these comedians like CJ Sullivan, all the old comics that were like, that were amazing. were just talking. I was like, this is the funnest night I've ever had. Yeah. And I just remember leaving and be like, I can't believe it's like eight in the morning. Yeah. Those are great times. I had one in New York that was, um, God, this would have been just pre COVID. Just pre-quarantine here, 2019, I guess. Um, but I went to New York City, got to go to Saturday Night Live with uh, my oh, friend yeah. who's a writer, a writer at the time, and uh, one of the other head writers I knew. I, I knew probably three people involved in the show, which was so cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Never thought I'd have these acquaintances. Yeah, like it's that. on my bucket list to go to SNL. It's amazing. So we go, and I'm with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, two of our other friends were in the writer's room, and then we're watching the show. And then the show ends, and it's just like, that... An, that alone is like, this is like a, like you said, bucket list thing. Like it's something sure. that everyone would love to do. I feel so lucky to go just because I knew the right people. Uh, then the show ends. It happens to be the Night of a Thousand Stars. Is that what it's called? It's an autism charity. I okay. Um, Night of a Hundred Stars, whatever it's called. Um, so we walk back to the writer's room. The show's over. And everyone from that, which was down the street in New York City, comes to SNL. They oh, wow. That's like the hangout. So within like a minute, my friend's like, uh, hey, we can walk around, say hello to whoever you want, but just like, you know, within reason. Don't <laughs> like, take Yeah, he's like, I work here. Hanks. Like, don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay. So we turned down the hallway and Chris Rock is walking wow. like at me. And now it's like, you know, one in the morning, two in the morning, New York time. And I'm just like, holy shit. Uh, I've been a fan of yours my whole life. And he's like, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him you're a comedian, too? No, I, that's the thing that I didn't want to do. Yeah. But I, it like my heart was like beating out of my chest. It's yeah, like yeah. the true hero of mine. And then I was like that. And I remember thinking, I was like that. If I went home right now, this is like a night right. that I, it, me, a 10 year old me would be like, that's got to be the best night of your life. 20 year old you would be like, right. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I turned another corner and the Adam Sandler is sitting. Holy shit. He's sitting on like a, like a, someone's desk basically. And just sort of like shooting the shit. And I didn't want to bother him, but he sort of like looked over and I was just like, hey, Adam, how are you? And he goes, hey, buddy. I <laughs> and I did the same thing where I was just like, I was like, I'm such a huge fan. He was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like everyone, no one knew who I was, but they were all so polite. And then I met just randomly Colin Farrell, the actor, yeah, yeah. an actor I love. And then um, like Scarlett Johansson was there. Wow. It just and the, the, I'd stop talking to people after that because I was like my two Kevin biggest. Spacey, yeah. He, yeah, Spacey was there. Woody Allen was there. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But it was at that, and I remember, and then we end up going to like another party. But I was the whole time I was thinking, I was like, I should go home now. Yeah, because this is like it's like getting out of a poker game when you're way up, or like cashing in your chips at a casino. I was like, this is like later. I feel so infinitely lucky. And uh, then you went to another bar. Then yeah, well, well, we did stay up way too late, and then me and my girlfriend got in a huge fight. <laughs> so it goes to show you, like, if yeah, you, you walk meet... to the bar, and then all of a sudden you see Chris Farley's holding up a, at a bar, and you're like, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was surrounded by all my dead in hell having a beer. <laughs> well, these yeah, are... I don't know the point of my story, but yeah, the just uh, that's a fo f fear of missing out. Now the, you... the crazy thing, the crazy luck I found just from pursuing stand-up is just lets me know that this is the right decision for me yeah that's those are fun nights that you get to sometimes you in those nights where you go to those places like la or new york and you're just in a room and you look around the room and like holy shit like 20 of these people like are the biggest stars in the yeah. world and so and that happens sometimes you just like you you don't want to be that guy where you're like man i wish i could just take a selfie right now because no this would be so good it's on my tacky. instagram yeah but you can't do it because that's the rule. Them's the rules. Right. But then as soon as someone else does it, they're like, oh, I'll do it too. But I'm always like, I'm not going to do it. This comes up a lot. I think it comes up a lot to everyone. It's like, if you could meet anyone, who would you want to meet? And I'm like, I don't know. I met yeah. Sandler and Chris Rock and I met Conan O'Brien yeah, yeah. once. You so met I'm Conan? Like, that's my only, he's I'm, my only one. I met him at the Chicago Theater when he performed oh, years wow. ago. And I got to go to the show, but that wasn't even, that was just randomly made, meeting him. But that's not, like, I don't have an answer anymore. Yeah. Like, nope. I, I would love to meet, like, Barack Obama. I yeah. Guess, but... I met Barack Obama. Did you really? Oh, I shit. Did, yeah. Look at I us. For we him, yeah. never... But oh, you, but Conan O'Brien, the co- quote right behind your head is, if you work really hard and are kind of amazing, things will happen. That's a Conan O'Brien oh, yeah. quote. Yeah. I live by that. Hell yeah. Except the being kind part. I just fucking hate everybody. <laughs> yeah, you're not kind. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we are out of time. Oh, that went We went too long. Again, God, I gotta fucking shut you guys up. You keep talking. You're like, oh, Kevin Spacey was so nice. <laughs> Blakey, where can Blake? Where can people find out more about you and your upcoming shit? Oh shit! Uh, the only thing that I like is um, Instagram. I'm gonna. I'm done with the rest of social media. I really? I can't stand the X, the Twitter shit. Yeah. It's and a- Facebook is. Um, it's just endlessly disappointing and sad to me. It's just a bummer. I don't know why, but it just doesn't work for me. So I'm getting off Facebook, I think, officially. I'm going to get you off of it. You can't get off of it. That's how people communicate for shows. I think I'm going to have a private account, or I'm going to have a, uh, whatever you call it, a fan account, so yeah. people can contact me. But all the social, not to sound like a fucking hippy-dippy, but social media drives me nuts. I love Instagram, though. I really do. What's uh, your, what is it? We'll Blake Burkhardt Comedy. And um, people, more and more recently, people will message me after shows just saying they had a great time or whatever. I love when people do that. So if you see me in Chicago, oh, outside yeah. of Chicago... Yeah, well, just, you know, send me whatever you'd like to say to me. I'll respond. And if I can help you out, get tickets to something in Chicago, I would love to do that as well. So Blake Burkhart Comedy is my Instagram. There's no D. No D. That's the German <laughs> spelling. And I am, For uh, years, I was spelling it wrong. And one time, I don't know if you remember, you're like, what are you, are you fucking with the word? No, that's actually the more way more common spelling. But and, yeah, Blake Burkhart, uh, B-U-R-K-H-A-R-T. Yeah, it's, they'll see it. Comedy on Instagram. Yeah, there you go. Well, thanks, Blakey boy. I yeah. really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I love you, buddy. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all for listening and watching another episode. Thank you, Justin. Godspeed, everyone.